Good afternoon. You're listening to K Tahoe, the new 96.1 AM 590. It's time for The Bright Side with Alexis Robin. Good afternoon. Another beautiful Tahoe summer day. I just love this time of year. It is so warm. Yeah. I didn't get outside as much as I wanted this weekend, but when I did get out, it was hot. Yeah, we did the beach all day Friday, and man, it was like an epic, epic day. And the water's warm because it's shallow. (laughs) I mean, it's warm at like El Dorado and Reagan because it's it's shallow, but we went to Baldwin, and I thought for sure. I mean, it's always like ice cold out there, and it was totally doable. Nice. I walked in up to my waist, no problem. Nice. Yeah. Have to remember that. So um, even though it's summer and we're all thinking about time off and all that, today we're talking about hiring future-ready talent. And uh, I think it's important to be thinking about because, you know, as when you think about all the things that used to happen in job searches, um, it used to be somebody quit or got promoted or, you know, whatever, and they would send a job rec to HR and then there would be a job description written and you'd post it on the website and start interviewing. And that was kind of how it worked, right? That's how you find people. Um, However, things have changed a little bit. And in the past, we've depended a lot on experience and skill to hire talent. Um, We would, you know, typically we would look and say, okay, well, who has expertise in this? Or I want five years, minimum five years experience in this field, that kind of a thing. However, our future is in flux right now. And in the past, when we could build on expertise to improve efficiencies, hiring someone for their years of experience was really a plus. Mm -hmm. Um, You think about getting somebody in who, you know, who could do radio and you would want somebody who had years of experience in radio because they would know kind of how things were done and they could bring their expertise. Right. But as things change, um, this isn't necessarily the case. So there are industries, well, I I assume there are some industries where things haven't changed much. So I, I'm not sure what they are, but um, most every industry that I'm working with, things have changed a lot over the last five years. And just mostly uncertain future, um, not sure how technology is influencing it or sure. uh, change in the marketplace, global economy, changing things. I mean, things are moving and shaking. And... For the companies that things have, where things haven't changed and they've kind of stayed static, then hiring for experience can be an advantage. That's still an advantage. However, most industries these days are facing this volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous future. I mean, we're just not sure what's coming down the pike. We can do strategic plans for six months to a year, but we're constantly reinventing. We're constantly trying to see like, you know, the music industry, I remember the Virgin Megastore on San Francisco on Market Street, gorgeous, big store. I mean, huge, such a fun place to hang out. And then one day it was gone. Yep. And it's, you know, it's like, that's what technology came in. And suddenly there was iTunes and you could just Shazam something and you could buy the song right there and you didn't have to go to the store anymore. And so, so things changed. And, and so we're facing this really uncertain and complex, ambiguous future. And as things are changing rapidly, you definitely need to hire people who are future ready. And experience can actually get in a leader's way or in your talent's way. And reason being is that they can, if they get stuck on what has worked for them in the past and they get nostalgic, they might discount new or innovative ideas. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes when uh, my dad and I had this conversation years ago, when I first started coaching and I said, oh gosh, you know, I'm, I'm young dad. And do you think people will, do you think I need to be like 
20 years in the industry before people will think I'm credible. And his, he made this really interesting point. Uh, and he said, you know, people who have a lot of experience, they get very jaded and they think they oftentimes they think they know what works and what doesn't. And so they stop listening and they stop being curious and they stop exploring for new ways because in their mind, like they've already figured it out. And he said, it's actually an advantage to not know as much because you ask a lot different questions and more questions. And so he said, you actually might be better because of not being in the industry for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, well, I never thought of that, but definite reframe. So when you think about hiring a future ready leader or just future ready talent, because they don't necessarily have to be a leader, they might just be a, a good contributor. Um, there's a few things that came to my mind in terms of what I've been reading and following in, in leadership development. And the first one is you want somebody who's resilient. So these are qualities that you would want in a future ready leader. And you want someone who can bounce back from failure because when things are uncertain, people have to be willing to try stuff. And that means failing sometimes. And sometimes it means failing often. You know, if you're constantly reinventing and trying and um, reiterating a product, uh, you might fail more than one time. And you have to be able to rebound and try again without spending too long lamenting, blaming, or wallowing in your failed attempt. <laughs> Because that's what happens, right? Like what happens, I mean, what have you seen happen when people fail, Jen? I can only speak for myself, but there is some <laughs> wallowing that goes on. I think when you fail, for me, speaking for myself, sometimes you just want to give up altogether. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, the, Can't do it, the so. story goes through the head, right? Like, oh, I should have never tried this anyways. I'm not smart enough. Or, I, you know, ever works for me. nothing ever <laughs> works for me. Or this was a stupid idea, right? Like all those sad stories that come into play. And when you're trying to, um, you know, rapidly prototype a new idea or innovate or come up with a solution that works, like you don't have time to... Lay, lounge around and feel sorry for yourself. You have to look at the failure and say, okay, what did we do wrong? What did we do right? What can we learn from it? How are we going to do it different next time? Yeah. And I mean, that's something we do in our house a lot is we'll say, um, you know, something goes wrong and somebody's feeling bad about how it went. And I say, well, what do you want to do differently next time? Right? Like, how do you want to change your approach? And then they come up with something and it's like you instantly feel better. Because you've learned from it and you've moved forward. Mm -hmm. so, um, so being resilient is really important when you're thinking about hiring someone that's going to be able to navigate uh, these uncertain times and going to be able to, um, to be you know, successful in the future. Second thing you need is to be open-minded. So this whole idea of open-minded, some of the best ideas come from the ground crew, not the boardroom. And if, if you've ever read anything about the Southwest story, there was a time where their CEO was looking to try and shorten um, turnaround time at the gate. And he went to them and in a classic move of distributive leadership, he said, you know, we need to shorten our gate time turnaround. And I don't know how to do this. Do you? And sure enough, his ground crew and his uh, flight attendants were the ones who nailed it and came up with the idea. And now they're still, to this day, the fastest in the industry for turnaround and gate time. Now, had he been arrogant and decided that he knew the way and not asked the question or been closed-minded to think, well, those people, they wouldn't know. You yeah. know, certainly only us who've been in the industry for 30 years would know. Um, then in that case, 
uh, he might have missed that opportunity. That's one of the reasons. I, you know, I love the show Undercover Boss. Oh, I <laughs> do too. I always cry at the end because it's always so right, so emotional. But um, but you know, the whole concept of getting in there. On yeah. that, you know, on that, you know, line employee type level and seeing what's really happening and listening to them. And you get such a different perspective too. I mean, it's like, we just, you know, never assume, you know, everything always, um, always be open-minded. So being open-minded means letting ideas live even bad ones for just a few minutes to inspire other ideas and also to encourage people to keep bringing ideas to the table. So a lot of times what'll happen is, um, somebody will, she will say, share an idea. Have you ever been in a meeting like this? Like someone brings an idea to the table and immediately the boss or someone else is like, oh, that won't work. We tried that five years ago. <laughs> right. And it's like, we call it shooting the baby. Like you give birth to this idea and you're like, oh, here's my idea. I've been thinking about it for weeks and I'm going to share it. And someone's like, bam, you know, and it's like idea is dead. Yep. Sorry. You're no longer available. And so, um, so Sometimes being open-minded means being willing to let ideas live just to explore it. Not, you don't have to say, oh, let's do it and then launch a bunch of money into it, but like give it some time to, to live at the table and talk about it for a few minutes because you never know what it's going to strike as another idea. It just, it just happened last night. I was sharing kind of a crazy idea with one of my friends, Aaron, and then he came up with even a better idea. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant i'm so glad i shared my crummy idea so we could get this better i love when that happens yeah it was just great so being willing to try something new really depends on an open mind and if you're moving into an uncertain future where what worked in the past may not work today you've got to be willing to be open and to try new things and at least if you're not trying them at least entertain them Mm -hmm. for a couple minutes (laughs) I mean, just try that. Try that. The next time somebody shares an idea, try letting it live for like a minute or two. And you can try it with your kids, right? Because they come up with wild ideas all the time. So future-ready talent, you want someone who's resilient. You want someone who's open-minded. But what else? I think you also want somebody who is creative. And not all of your talent's going to be creative like as a natural ability, but when things are really uncertain, you have to be able to look at data and come up with creative ways to handle a situation or put together dots that that weren't necessarily connected before. So looking at data and saying, huh, that's interesting. We have, you know, this many skier visits and we're also getting this much in food and beverage, like where's the connection there? Or we're having um, this many, the parking lots filling up by 10 a.m. every day and, you know, but we're not getting the movie ticket sales. Like where are those people going? You have to have that kind of creative mind (laughs) to be thinking about like where, you know, what's happening, what could be potentially um, going on there. And so um, analyzing that helps to be creative. But it also, when you're trying to come up with something on the fly, If you've got talent that's got some creativity, and again, it doesn't have to be all of your talent, um, but if you've got some people who are like, hey, why don't we try this? I mean, it can come up with it that quickly. You're going to need that because you're not going to have time to like call it retreat and sit down and talk about the way to address it. It's going to be like, well, you got to change it tomorrow or we're going to get passed by the competition. So you're going to need people on your staff that are creative. Um, The other thing is trusting. So we've got resilient, open-minded, creative, and now trusting for future-ready talent. And trusting, 
when you think about collaboration, it means being willing to share your ideas and speak your fears or speak up when you disagree with things. Mm -hmm. And without trust, collaborating becomes impossible. Yeah. And when you have trust, ideas can really flow freely and people don't get hung up on who gets credit for things either. Yeah, that's just another piece of trust. So if you've ever read the classic uh, business book by Patrick Lencioni, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, trust is one of the main pieces um, of his triangle in terms of creating a functional team. Because if you don't trust each other, you're not going to speak up when you think, oh, that project's like a, a train wreck. You know, that thing's going, moving full steam ahead and it's going to crash. And I can see that, but I don't trust these guys to take that information well, so I'm not going to say anything. And then two more million dollars get spent and then, (laughs) and then it crashes and burns and you're like, I told you so. I I always, I knew it two months ago. It's like, so you need to have trust to speak up and you need to have trust to collaborate because being able to collaborate is our number. um, Let's see here. Are we number five? Our fifth most important piece of hiring future ready talent and it's it's about collective leadership and we talk about this term collective leadership i first heard it from uh, bill adams with the with the full circle group it's a consulting group but they um they talk about this idea of more minds are smarter than one Mm -hmm. so you can have one brilliant mind or you can have five minds that are brilliant in their own areas and together you can gain great insights. But when you're working as a single entity, it's much harder to see outside of your own, you know, barriers, your own kind of mental blocks, that kind of a thing. So, um, when you think about having this competitive advantage of being of collective leadership, Really, in order to facilitate that, you have to have trust. So um, number four and number five are are important together. Trusting, um, being able to be trust trustworthy and also trusting others and then being able to be collaborative. Um, and this is, I think this is something that the younger generations do well, this collaboration piece. Mm-hmm. Um, they're used to working together. They, um, more so than I think Gen Xers. Definitely, because one thing I've noticed um, in knowing younger people is as they go through college, they seem to have a lot more of these collaborative team-type projects. Yeah. I have no recollection of any of that. Yeah, I don't remember doing collaborative (laughs) team projects. And even like my kids are at the magnet school, and um, they had a science project in Miss Seeley's fourth grade class, and they had an option to work with a friend. And it was great because the people who wanted to collaborate could, and it just was a lot more fun and mm-hmm. they came up with different ideas and it just, you could, you know, lean on the kids' different strengths. So it's like they're, they're learning it at a younger age. So it's a really yeah. great tool to have. And I think in the past when we were very siloed in organizations, um, which many still are now, they haven't quite been able to break free of that. There's been this, oh, well, this is my success. Like I, I don't want to share it with anyone else because I want to get the credit for doing well versus this idea of, hey, you know, we're all in this together and we want this collective success. We want the business to grow so that everybody else can grow. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm killing it in my department and doing amazing work, but the other four departments are not, it doesn't matter how great my work is because the company may fail. So it's really about collective leadership. And so, so when you're thinking about picking up your future talent, 
and you're you're looking out there and you're interviewing, I would encourage you look past this, you know, the skill set or like, oh, somebody's had this many years of experience or this college degree, you know, chances are you may be better served to get somebody who's a little different, a little out of the box, who might have a different viewpoint, who might flank your ability. You know, if you're super great at sales and marketing and you need somebody who's really strong in um, operations, then you want to hire for someone who flanks your ability. If you're very creative and innovative and you're not very analytical or detail-oriented, you want to hire someone in who can also flank your mm-hmm. strength set as well. You don't want someone who's just like you because yeah. then you have two really creative people and nobody who's paying attention to the details. But um, in many cases, someone with a variety of expertise can be um, really a great pick because if you're highly trained in one area, you make you know you may become overly dependent on that particular area, and then you may even fear speaking on subjects that you're not that aren't in your area of expertise. Mm-hmm. And knowing a lot about many things allows you to be more creative. That's one thing Steve Jobs um, from Apple he used to always talk about how he would um, you know he worked in the orchards and he um, took calligraphy and he did all these like really cool things that didn't have anything to do with developing technology but they helped to inspire the ideas that made apple what it is today yeah and so and that it didn't come from being an engineer right those came from being in exposed to different areas and different things and um different learnings. And so, um, so I would just say, you know, when you're thinking about who you're hiring and I mean, first step is to think about who you're hiring. Don't just throw the job rack out there and start reading applications. Get clear on what you want. Get clear on the kind of person you want, the values that you hope that they have. And, uh, and then think about some of these characteristics, uh, of resilience, of open-mindedness, creativity, trust, trusting and collaborative spirit that really will drive them to perform in the future more so than somebody who has been a star performer in the past in one area. So food for thought at the bright side. This is Alexis Robin, executive coach and leadership development trainer. Uh, You can find out more about our team at P-Link Coaching Center for Excellence, P-L-I-N-K Coaching Center for Excellence, or you can find us on Facebook at the Positivity Link. Uh, Feel free to make some comments on the show or suggest a show for next time. Love to hear from you. Fantastic. Yeah. And we will see you next week. We will. Same time, same place. Sounds good. I can't believe we'll already be toward the end of June. Right? And we'll have better tans by then. Well, maybe you will. (laughs) This is as tan as I get. Excellent. All right. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Alexis Robin with The Bright Side here on K Tahoe.